Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. My name is Jeff Vance, and tonight I got a gentleman from South Dakota. So I have Ben Klusman on the line here, and he is, uh, he is the, the, the creator of a Sodak. So, Ben, why don't you kick it off and like begin your story in the very beginning? Like, you know, start like David Copperfield and start in the beginning. So, Sodak Horizon was something that uh, me and a buddy started i would say probably 10 years ago we started hunting a long time ago right it was never it was never really something that we mm-hmm. um did anything with we didn't record anything we had dumb little blurps of um you know recording something on your phone in your car and then that was just something that we could laugh at you know as we're yeah. going around turkey hunting or, or snow goose hunting so it kind of it, it evolutionized from there when um i was actually i served in the army from 2013 to 2017 and while I was in the army, my buddy was actually uh, diagnosed with heart failure. So he okay. was, um, he got flown down to Omaha. He was on incubator or whatever the technical terms are. He was plugged into a machine for 27 months or 24 months. Wow, two years. Two years. He was he was in there for um, 15 to 17. So when I finally mm-hmm. got out of the army, he had actually just received a new heart, got full heart transplant and everything okay. got out. And so we uh-huh. kind of got out at the same time. And, uh, and so we met up back in South Dakota and I think the first, the first week I was back, we spent it in a tree stand hunting together uh-huh. and, uh, we kind of said, Hey, you know what, why don't we actually try to make a go of this? Like you just got a fresh new look on life and I just got out of the army. I got nothing better to do. True. Let's go for it. Yeah. So that's what we did. We, we rounded up some camera equipment that we could, we got some little tinker things that we could, you know, use mm-hmm. our phones with. And we started, you know, filming what we could, you know, our 3d shoots, just shooting our bows you know, sighting stuff in, kind of going from there. Um, and then we kind of took a little hiatus, some personal stuff kind of popped up with him. So we took about a year off and that was from 19 till, oh, honestly, about six months ago. We kind of picked yeah. it back up in October, um, the end of October, beginning of November. And that's kind of when we decided, hey, you know what? We're going for it. We're actually doing it. We bought mm-hmm. some cameras, we bought some editing equipment and we mm-hmm. just decided we're, we're going to do it. So that's what we did. So from uh, October, September, November, all those kind of, we started kind of loosely in, in August with some antelope hunts. And then mm-hmm. we decided to kind of dive into it with mule deer season. And uh, we've kind of been hitting it hard um, for the last, I, I would say four or five, six months, we've been hitting it really hard. Now, um, my buddy, Dakota, that I did start this with, had to take another personal hiatus. He, uh, he's he been going through some personal stuff and I'm not gonna get into details on that, but True. he just yeah. kind of said, hey, you know, I can't put in what I want to put in, so I got to leave right now but I would love to come back at a later date, kind of once I right. get my stuff figured out. And yeah, absolutely. So now it's just me, I'm, I'm trudging through what I can. Um, I got a lot of fun stuff planned for 2021. I had a ton of fun in 2020. Everyone yeah. was talking about how crappy that year was and I, I was having I a had a blast. I enjoyed 2020, <laughs> man. I, d- I did more archery shoots. I traveled more around Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. So I actually got out there and just took advantage of it because it's like, the roads were clear, less traffic, the prices were cheaper, the gas was cheaper, the hotel prices were cheaper. So it's like, why not get out there and have some fun? My wife and I had a blast. We got to meet some really cool people out there. So yeah, I get it. So then, um, so how did you come up with, what's what's the foundation of Sodak Horizons? 
So Snowdack Horizons is pretty much just a outdoor show that me and my buddy wanted to put on to show what South Dakota hunting is actually about. There's mm -hmm. not very many people that know what South Dakota is. In fact, I've met more people that ask me if we have running water in South Dakota than <laughs> I've had people ask me what time it is or what time zone are we. Like people mm -hmm. just don't understand what South Dakota, like how South Dakota is. Yes. So I kind of wanted to get a really good look at, you know, South Dakota living. So it's kind of a, a, a blog, blog type thing, yes. but it's, it's orientated almost 100% about hunting. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, I do almost exclusively archery hunting, so mm -hmm. it's a lot more of like an archery, archery hunting type thing um, with a lot of, you know, little tips, arrow builds, um, you know, reciting, just very, very basic beginner stuff mm -hmm. that I feel I've learned over 15 years of shooting bow. Yeah. And um, I feel like I might not be able to help, you know, the Levi Morgans out of the world, but the small yes. town guy that just decided to go buy a bow at a pawn shop. I definitely feel like I got something that I can help him out with. And that's kind of what I, I want to bring my page to be. Which is, which is great because South Dakota is very underrated. Cause like you, uh, you talked like here for the last few weeks, like I, that's my, I, like I used to be and live, like go out there and like Lake Madison, Elkton, South Dakota, Brandon, South Dakota, all in that area there. And it's like, there's a lot of things to offer, especially like the, 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 the one of the best places in the country to go for, uh, uh, pheasant hunting and then plus the cool thing is too it's like a lot of people don't know but there's certain lakes out there that all they are stocked with is walleye and perch and prawns and stuff like that and it's like people don't know that it's like it's a very under underappreciated state it's kind of like uh, when i had enter the iowa's outdoors and when i brought um uh mark enor on and his whole thing was like that's what you want to do too is like show people that we're not just whitetail but we also have they also produce really good fishing spots. So, like, so you have Lake, Lake Okaboji, you have Clear Lake, you have uh, Rath, Lake Rathbuns, and you guys also got the Mississippi and the Missouri. So it's like there's there's so much that are involved there. Not only plus you got the the pheasant hunting there too as well, and the whitetail. But uh, there's so much that the people just don't understand. It's like there's a lot of cool stuff. Granted, the public land is is very minimal in in Iowa. It's like out of the two between Iowa and Texas, Iowa's uh, fifty, Texas is forty nine. Yep. Uh, it's a very, and, very and so, small amount of public land there. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the beauty of South Dakota is there's quite a bit of South Dakota public land. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, you have just about everything you'd ever want to hunt here. We have mountain goat. We have elk. We have black bears roaming in and out. Moose. We don't have seasons for black bear or moose. But we have populations that are starting to grow from South Dakota. We have antelope. We have mule deer. We have whitetail. We have waterfowl that you would not believe. Most yes. years we get hit straight through the migration. So if you mm -hmm. hit it right... You can get any kind of duck you want because they're flying mm -hmm. south from us. Mm -hmm. You have um, uh, doves, um, uh, trapping. You can trap anything you want. Coyotes, fox, coons, possums, skunks. Um, we have mink. We have fishers. We have, we have just about anything that you could want to do. And the beauty of it is, is we have, this is a slogan, and I'm fairly confident it's accurate, we have more cattle than we do people. South Dakota, the, yeah. the biggest state or the biggest city in South Dakota is Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we have not even hit 200,000 people yet. So when you want to talk about free space, free range, a ton of animals to go after, and a lot of, I don't want to say uneducated animals, but a lot of animals that some of these trophies that you're seeing have never been hunted before. You know, yeah. the uh, bighorn sheep, the, the new world record was taken out of South Dakota Badlands. No never kidding. Been hunted before. Yeah. First, wow. first, year, uh, first year of the season was, I believe it was last year. The new world record was taken by Bo. Wow. Archery. That's impressive. I did not catch that on my feed. That's, that's awesome, man. And that's that pretty was, cool to have that. And that was the, I want to say it was the first year that there was a huntable population there. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, right now, I think there's three tags given out, period, for the year for yeah. bighorn sheep. But mm-hmm. one of those tags was filmed, and it's the new world record. We have wow. mountain goat tags that you can get mountain uh-huh. goats. That's awesome. It's like there's there's so much stuff here that people don't understand. Now, granted, a mountain goat and a bighorn sheep are once-in-a-lifetime tags if you're lucky. You'll true, be lucky true. to ever draw one. But it's the, it's the opportunity. You don't have that opportunity anywhere but Montana, a little bit in Wyoming, Alaska, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then you get into your southern states and you get a little bit more. But, I mean, there's just so much opportunity in South Dakota. And, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, there's no state income tax either. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> that, that is that is a big part. That's why a lot of people go out. It's very highly drink. That's why my grandpa moved back because when he was going in, like he when he was growing up <clears> traveling <throat> through Nebraska and Iowa and Minnesota, they settled on South Dakota because of the NOAA no income tax. So they lived right there in Elkton until they retired in '99, and then they bounced around between South Dakota and Missouri and Arizona. So it was quite it was quite nice. So like during my uh, college years, they 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 the winter out there in Arizona. So it's like just having the best of both worlds. So it's it's been a, a been a pleasure. Now they're both uh, passed away, passed on. My grandma passed away this uh, past fall, but it's like you know, it's like I still uh, South Dakota is, is near and dear to my heart. You know, it's like, and my dad likes going out. To, well, Devil's likes in North Dakota, but he still likes going out and visiting his uh, uh, all of his ex brother in laws and sister in laws about that because they all still get along. Because I mean, they all grew up with him. Cause, like my mom is the oldest of the family. And everybody else, when they got together, were still in high school. So it's like they still have that 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 lifetime friendship, you know. And uh, I've been I've been encouraging them to hang out with each other more because it's like you, you miles to get out because one day you're not going to be able to get out of bed. And so it's like you might as well make plan, make time to make it happen. Because like uh, Newberg says, he's like you run out of health before you run out of wealth. Yep. And that's why that's I think that's why a lot of us get out there and do like what it was so like horizon fucks of America. We know that the, our 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 end date is going to happen. We just don't know when, so we got to maximize it and meet as many people as possible. And it's like it's just it's just a fantastic thing. So no, that's essentially since we really brought up the foundation of so that horizons. What about like what got you into hunting all those all those years ago? So hunting has been something that my dad has done since I can remember. Um, a lot of it I couldn't go on because I was too young and he didn't want to do mm-hmm. any whining. But you know, once in a while there'd be a late season hunt that he'd take me and my brother on, and we'd go and watch the dogs work. And and I, pheasant hunting is what got me into hunting mm-hmm. because pheasant hunting is the one thing that you can drive down just about any gravel road in South Dakota and stir mm-hmm. up a couple pheasants. So yes. that's kind of how he started. Um, from there, my dad, you know evolved to deer hunting rifle hunting and uh and that's kind of when i got super super interested in it was because i wanted to go deer hunting so after he took me a couple mm-hmm. times um south dakota is weird you actually can't start hunting until you're 12. you can't okay. take the hunter safety course until you're 12. so i was kind of limited on what i could do up until then but mm-hmm. the workaround that i had was archery they didn't really have regulations on when you could start archery hunting as long as you could meet the specs to the bow okay so when i was i want to say nine or ten my dad dug out this old bear recurve that I still have hanging in my garage. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, here you go. You get a target. There's three hay bales stacked up on top of each other. And he said, all right, start shooting. And as soon as you can hit it from 10 yards, then we'll talk. So mm-hmm. I practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And before you know it, I was hitting pie plates at 10 yards. And then, you know, it was out to 20 yards. And it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we just kept doing that for a whole summer. And, uh, and then one day I was out walking around and I said, dad, there's a rabbit over there. And he goes, go for it. Try to shoot it. So I said, okay. So after about three shots, I shot it, stuck it nice. right to the ground, and awesome. I ran in, and, ran in and got him. And I said, "Hey, what do I do now?" And he goes, "You hit it." I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Uh, uh, uh, I don't know." So that was <laughs> that was the start of me archery hunting. And so I actually archery hunted when I was eleven, 
and then I took the hunter safety course when I was 12 and I've been bow hunting for a year already by then. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after that I took the archery safety course. And before you know it, I was, you know, I was, you know, back in the day when before CWD and all this other stuff kind of turned around, we could mm -hmm. get three archery tags a year. And then if you were in a county that allowed it, you could buy over the counter, um, extra doe tags. Okay. So without even trying, I would shoot four to five deer a year, not including rifle. Because mm -hmm. I had all these farmers that wanted these deer gone. So after school, I would buzz out and sit in the stand for a couple hours. In the morning before school, I'd buzz out and sit mm -hmm. in the stand for a couple hours. And I'd shoot the first deer that I saw, and then I'd shoot a big doe, and then I'd hold off for a buck, and then I'd fill it with whatever came by. And mm -hmm. I would just shoot as many deer off the four farms that I was hunting, and I'd just stack them up. And that was, that was my whole plan. I just wanted to get as much experience as I could when I was young, so that by the time I was older and wanted to start putting bigger deer on the ground, I'd at least have some semblance of a nerve system that I wouldn't just mm -hmm. be, you know, this jittery freak and not be able to make a five yeah, yard shot. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of what I built it off of. And now, you know, I don't know, over 15 years later, I'm obsessed with archery rifle. I still put in for once in a while, but you know, it's, it's a lot of it was too listening. Turkey hunting was one of my first passions that I had personally. I yeah. went pheasant hunting with my dad because I wanted to go pheasant hunting, turkey hunting, listening to Michael Waddell call. I think the first time I saw him was like his fourth national championship. And they basically just said, Hey, Mossy Oak sponsoring you to go do a turkey hunting show. Mm -hmm. So I watched Michael Waddell call turkeys in from everywhere. And I tell you what, I fell in love with it. We mm -hmm. used to take, we used to take yearly trips out to the Black Hills to go turkey hunting. And yeah. I was obsessed with turkey hunting. And it just was, Oh, I can't turkey hunt anymore. All right. Time to turn it over to deer now. Yeah. And oh, I can't deer hunt anymore. All right. Time to prep for turkey season. And mm -hmm. everything else was just kind of, you know, duck hunting was just a filler. Pheasant hunting was just a filler. It was yeah. really about bucks and turkeys, and that was yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And and that's it's just been driving me ever since. And mm -hmm. you know, turkey season for us is starting April fifth. I already got my tag in the mail. I'm waiting to go. I can't wait. But just watching, you know, guys like Michael Waddell, Ted Nugent. I love watching Uncle Ted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even just watching the original Real Tree series. I love watching them. Jury Outdoors. I, yeah. I love watching the Jury Brothers because they are so authentic and they're so, mm -hmm. they just do it themselves. Lee and Tiffany, these yeah. are all guys that have been on TV for 10 plus years now that I started yeah. watching season one. Uh -huh. And so it's like, it's kind of watching like your idols and your heroes. The Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug-and-play type of scope housing where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20-yard mark, you can really fine-tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame 
bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes you get an inch and five eighths an inch and three quarter as well as a new four pin multiple pin head all the heads are interchangeable all the tetras are compatible with any of our accessories for more information you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com you know grow and, and evolve right in front of your eyes as you're trying to do the same thing mm -hmm. it's, it's it's just there's so many different things that got me into hunting and yeah and so many passions that i have it's hard to narrow it down but that's right. probably a couple for me <laughs> yeah no kidding because like i grew up with starting with uh babe winkleman you know like all of his different shows that he came out with throughout the the, the late 80s early 90s and then and watching lee and tiffany and the dirty guys and all these guys like really really it's like it's like we're really at the golden age and then then i got then I started watching uh Randy Newberg a couple of years ago, like listening to all the all of his public land hunts, it's like it's really got me like really interested in, in doing more. And it's like the nice thing is like being in South Dakota, it's like you're you're in a prime location. You have I ninety, you have I twenty five, not too far away. So getting getting a lot of these bigger animals off your bucket list is not that far fetched. It's just getting it's, drawn for a moose. You know, drawing for a moose is probably a couple years out. I'll say that. Same with the yeah. black bear and, and a bighorn sheep and mountain goat are probably one of them things that I'll just be putting in for forever. But, you yes. know, an elk, it used to be Colorado was the only place you could go elk hunting. And mm -hmm. now not only does it not have to be Colorado, it's X amount of other states, including South Dakota. You can put yes. in for South Dakota. And just the fact that we have with a six hour drive will get me to prime antelope, prime mule deer, elk, anything that I want. Mountain goat, six mm -hmm. hours from me where I'm sitting right now. I get in my truck six hours i'm where i want to be mm -hmm. so just the simple fact that i'm looking at some people you know even if you're going from minnesota it's a, a nine hour drive mm -hmm. if you're going from upstate new york it's 50 you know 20 hours or however far it is mm -hmm. so just to be within 10 hours of prime hunting within my own state i don't need to worry about non-resident license i don't need to worry about different hunting rules systems anything like that mm -hmm. it's all that I, I could ever want in one state mm -hmm. next to montana it's like south dakota is very underrated and then like even here it's like just add on top of the states you hunt elkins you have wisconsin you have uh kentucky missouri just had their inaugural season two you have pennsylvania uh let's see here then plus you have nebraska you don't know, nebraska is a tough one and plus yep. then, you, then you also another i'm not sure about oklahoma but i know it's like they probably ventured down in there and you know, got New Mexico, and then you got Utah, and then I want to say Idaho has elk too. So it's mm -hmm. kind of they're they're growing hugely fast, but mm -hmm. they're still not where they should be. But it's just it's amazing that living in South Dakota. I've lived in South Dakota since I was six months old. My parents moved here when I was six months old. I did a three year stint in Texas, where I moved to when I was with the army. Ever since I've been with South Dakota, I've never mm -hmm. moved out of South Dakota aside from yeah. in the army. So South Dakota is part of me. It's in my blood, and it's amazing how many people just being in that i was in that situation where i met a lot of people that didn't know south dakota was a thing they're like oh the dakotas yeah that's north and south dakota no we're our own states that's why there's 50 states it's not just 49 yes. and there's a lot so many people out there that don't understand you know anything about south dakota mm -hmm. it just kind of sparked it in me like you know i'm going to show all these people that we're not just a whole bunch of you know using an outhouse don't have running water and barely have our two front teeth 
I'm going to show everybody that, you know, South Dakota is awesome. And if you don't want to move here, you should, because it's awesome. Now I'm, I'm lying because I don't want a whole bunch of people to move here because then it will keep being awesome. But right. it's, it's just, it's one of those things that it, it's a jewel and, mm -hmm. and it's one of them that you really don't hope people find, but at the same time, you want to show everybody you meet because yeah. they just don't understand. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's like not only when you bring in that you bring in the tax revenue and you bring in people coming in, it's like the, the tourism dollars, which only benefits everything else on top of that, too. But one thing when, you, when we started mentioning all these different states, I know uh, uh, the big tech bil uh, billionaire, he went and bought 242,000 acres. Like, I wonder what his impact is going to happen uh, on the hunting world because it's like he is, we all know what we're, what we're talking about, but I have no idea what his role is going to be. And everything like that, because I know I know the water is re, is is now on the con on the um, uh, the economy is not the economy, but the oh it's it's on the uh, not the stock exchange, but it can be on the commodities. There we go. Yeah. Water is now officially on the commodities. Now, why is water on there? It does not make sense to me unless there's something bigger going on, which that gets into a whole other aspect of it. But then again, it's also like, like a lot of that land, if you pay attention to it, is over a lot of aquifers and a lot of of uh, springs, and so I think there's something that's brewing that we, as not as as a uh, as a hunter, but as a civilian, need to pay attention to, because Absolutely. that is that is a dangerous road we're walking down on here, and it's like we're starting to see a big change in in big tech that is not uh, going to be looking very positively for our future here, because it's like we're starting to see a lot of things that because overseas they have a whole another they have a whole other can of worms over there, because they have the EU, the NATO, uh, all that. Uh, Union, uh, you are, yeah, United Nations, and such, and the European Union, so all that fun stuff. So it's like, well, we can get off that little tangent there, but it's like, it's something that it's like, we should have something in the back of our mind, like, why did he go and do all this type scenario? Well, and it should also, it should also have that same feeling when you're talking about a big tech distributor doing a vaccine for a, a disease. I don't understand where we decided to cross big tech with doctor, but it, it's one of those things that, one, he, there, there should not ever be a cross. And two, why is he so concerned about the cross? What is, mm -hmm. what is his angle? Because it's, it's like you said, we're, we're opening a can of worms that it's going to be very hard to undo and it's not going to come easy. So. Mm -hmm. I just, I just watched something on uh, uh, Infowars with um, uh, Alex Jones 10 years ago. He talked exactly what's happening right now. Exactly what he talked about 10 years ago. That's the worst part is, is like people can call him as conspiracy. The worst part is he's right. Because there's nothing far fetched these days anymore, which is which is very scary. Because unfortunately, we're we're going to um, we're going to be falling behind, and when we do, it's going to be this massive clash. And that's where we got we got to play smart because the, the, there's 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 people out there pulling the strings on everything. And that's what people don't understand is there's there's so many things that are behind the scenes. You only see what you they want you to see. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on over here. And then when, as soon as you start talking like that, you know, oh, he's just conspiracy theorist. Oh, what a wing nut, you know, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. Well, it's, it's stuff that is actually, it's proved. It's not one of them things that somebody just thought of and, you know, that's what it is. This is stuff right. that if you trace the stuff back far enough, you're getting exactly what you're asking. So mm -hmm. it's just, we're in a slippery slope right now. And I think there's only one person that was about to uh, undo it. And I think, uh, a couple of select people screwed him out of that, and now we are. There's more of a selection, not an election. Exactly, and that's mm -hmm. that's a very sad thing that people are okay with that, but uh, you know, it all comes around, I guess. That is that is a valid point because we we've all gone through oppression, dictatorships, and, 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 and 
we that tends to the good teams to rise, you know. Um, but I want to talk about like uh, it also brings me into because you joined the military back in 2012 or 2013. 13, 13. So what prompted you to join the military since it's like you found your home in South Dakota? You know, honestly, joining the military was one of them things where I, I woke up one morning and I said, huh, I'm going to join the military. I was, uh, I was grossly overweight in high school. I got out of high school and I, I learned how to run. So mm-hmm. I started, I fell in love with running and I dropped about 150 pounds. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm an able-bodied man. I got nothing wrong with me. I think I'm going to join the military. So that's what I did. I felt called to do it. I, I, I prayed about it a lot. Um, my mom still hates the fact that I did it. And um, I just decided to one day, this is what I want to do. I had my mind set on infantry. I, I didn't want any other job. I, I wanted infantry and I wanted to do four years. And I wanted, I had no intentions of it being a career. I had no intentions of, of going more than my first contract. That's what I did. And so I, uh, I actually talked to my recruiter the first time on August 28th. I swore in the first time September 11th and I left for basic October 23rd. Okay, so you did, you just did the standard four four now. Yep, yep. I just did four now. I did uh, I did my basic training down in Fort Benning, then I got stationed at Fort Hood. Um, I got sent on a peacekeeping mission to Africa, so I was there for a little over nine months, and then I came back. And within six months of my contract being up, they said we're going to Afghanistan. So when I went to talk to you to the uh, retention NCO, they told me that the contracts that were available did not guarantee that I would be going anywhere. So I said, well, if you can't guarantee me going to Afghanistan, I'm sure as heck not staying here any longer. So I got out and uh, two, I, I had, I want to say I had three buddies that re-enlisted and one of them actually did not end up going. So okay. um, I probably had pretty good odds of going, but it, it wasn't worth the risk to be there for another four years mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to not go to Afghanistan or Iraq or do something that I actually wanted to do. So I decided to get out and I came back home and about six months later, I met my wife. Mm-hmm. And then about a year after that, we got married. And then two months after that, we had a baby, bought our first house, and uh, uh-huh. we're we're living the dream now. Nice. Now, does, does your wife get to come on hunt, hunt with you too, or not? So my wife is actually uh, before she met me, she was a vegetarian. So, so, you, so that's that's a that's a notch <laughs> in your belt that you could burn a vegetarian. I did, and she uh, she wasn't against hunting. She's a farm girl, so she was in the okay. rodeo. She was into being outside and camping mm-hmm. and. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of where we kind of intersected was that was our passion was outdoors. So once we got married, um, we got into going to the range together. We got into kind of hanging out outside. Mm-hmm. She's been hunting with me a couple times. The first time she went, she was seven and a half months pregnant. So she didn't enjoy herself too much. Yeah. Um, it's a little tough. The second time she enjoyed herself. The third, fourth, fifth time she enjoyed herself. The last time she was with me, she was six months pregnant. So she did not enjoy herself that much that time either. <laughs> but uh, she's got a bow, and, and she comes out, and we'll go out and shoot together. And it's it's a fun little family thing that me and her and my little boy can do. And once my youngest boy is old enough, he'll get a bow too, and, and we'll just kind of keep working our way like that. So That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, when my daughter turned three, four, three, three or four, I got her a bow, just a simple recurve. It's, it's, a little t- it's been a little tough getting her away from the screens because it's like at home, she's the oldest of two other, uh, two other siblings. So it's like trying to trying to develop any other skills besides me is a little difficult. Uh, and then my, I met my my wife my Kurt, my wife now. It's like uh, we had just the the commonality. We started we started with with uh, movies and like having complete conversations and movie quotes to follow to wherever we go. It's like that's just kind of work from there. 
And then we, then we got into hunting and fishing and stuff like that. It's like now she's got her own bow. She's got her own pistol. She's got two pistols. The only thing we have left is like she wants to get a, I want, she wants to get a uh, seven millimeter. And it's like, I've, there's been a couple of times where I've almost pulled the trigger on it, but then it's like a little conscious in the back of my head. It's like, ah, just, just hold off. Cause she might have a different plan with that 250. But uh, the woods, which has been fun. And like a lot of my listeners already know about that story. So, but it's, it's, it's fun to be able to bring that in there. So it's like, we set together, we're not really that competitive. So it's, so setting in the same tree stand or the ground blind has always been fun. You know, we'll just sit there and we'll just, we'll chit chat back and forth. And I taught her how to grunt and, and, and call and stuff like that. And so she hasn't called in a deer in yet, but it doesn't mean she hasn't stopped trying though. But uh, we're, our goal is to this upcoming year is to get, get her in front of a buck and be able to hit, hit her first, punch her first tag. So I'm pretty excited about that. That was the thing that my wife has told me from the beginning is she's not sure if she ever wants to kill anything, which I completely respect. Mm-hmm. That's not, it's not something you should take lightly. That's not something that you should just make on a whim because some of True. them, it's but it's, it's, she's very open-minded um, from where she was when we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our first date, we were actually going to a concert, uh, 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 Dirk Bentley and uh, uh, John Party and uh, Cole Swindell concert as a, mm-hmm. as in Sioux Falls. And uh, we were walking by and she's like, I'm hungry. I was like, Hey, we got, uh, Oh, you can eat nachos. We got hot dogs. We got hamburgers. We got, and I was listening off all this meat stuff. And she looks at me and goes, um, I actually don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian. And I said, should I just take you home now? Or do you want to, do you want to listen to the concert? And then you can never talk to me again. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> and yeah. so after about, you know, we, we talked for a little while and, uh, she slowly started eating meat again. And before you know it, she's, we, let's go get a steak and potato. Okay, let's go. Well, so it's just kind of building off that. That is that is a valid point, especially when you start when you start supplementing your 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 food and start. Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those western hunters and then it's really simple to lock back in place roll those blades up and then it's a click and another click on the other side it's completely set in will not prematurely deploy will not rattle free solid containment 100 percent deployment every time so we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time so that's what's new for vip this year everything you eat is off the land like we do a lot of fishing in the summertime so it's like when we go out fishing it's always about it and we we're, we're we're pretty good anglers so it's like we may catch uh, our limit but we tend to giving a third of that away to our friends and our family just because they don't have the opportunity to go out there and go fishing or they just uh, they, they just they like to have fish and so we it's kind of like a uh, uh common ground is like a bonding thing so it's like we like preparing fish for all of our friends like i just uh, last week sent a a, pair, a care gift out to my friends out there in uh, South Dakota, and uh, she, uh, our, our, our friend is her name's Deuce, and she is ex paratrooper from the military back throughout the mid two thousands, 
and she, like she needs a a, a higher enriched button uh, iron diet. So I sent her out to about ten pounds of venison. Even sent her a back strap. So like because I love you, I'm gonna send you a send you a back strap. <laughs> and then I then I send her wife some uh, trout, uh, perch, walleye, bass, yellow bass, bluegill. Because it's like that's what she likes. It's like she doesn't she doesn't like down there in Arizona. We don't get the luxury of all these different fishes. So it's like have at it now. And so that was, that was an expensive uh, shipment, but it's like is well worth it because they're, they're just really good wholesome people. And they run a the homestead out there in Arizona, and then they also rehabilitate animals too. So they'll bring cows, pigs, horses, uh, donkeys, and stuff like that. And then for the ones that cannot, that the, that can't find a purpose outside of it, that's their home until their end of days. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's very respectable. And that's one thing. My wife actually loves fish. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing that after she started eating meat, she just fell in love with fish again. And I hate to bring it to you, I'm not a huge fan of fishing. I would much rather be shooting my bow or, or setting something up for deer hunting. So that's something that I got to get on better with her. Is she likes to go fishing and likes to you know eat fish. So that's something that this summer we're actually gonna try and go out together and, and try to go fishing for you know she likes walleye and catfish and uh, northern. She likes northern. Uh, her brother's big into fishing, so she's been eating fish for a while. And, and that's something that I just got to get better at. And that's that's a way for us to get outdoors together and and kind of provide the food that that we want to eat that way. So. That is very true. I need to get, I need to get talks to my old man and, and uh, see if we're going to be doing Okaboji trip because they do it right around Mother's Day, which, which is it's difficult because it's for those guys, all the kids, they're all empty nesters. So when they go out there from a Wednesday to a to a Sunday, it's just getting out of the house, getting away from the wife, getting out of the, uh, getting out of pretty much their first weekend out of the house, away from the snow and stuff like that. And it's like it's just an all out blast. And I need to get on top of that to find out what we do. They usually do it twice a year. They do it in this. They do it in the. Uh, the springtime they're doing the fall after the season after all the tours are all gone they've been doing it for almost 20 years and it's a group of and the thing is it's not a small group of guys it's like 15 to over 25 guys will go out there some guys will come up for for a day some will stay the entire week yeah they've been they've been doing this for years and it's like that's just their way of getting together so it's a lot of a lot of booze a lot of bullshit and a lot of drinking because it's like <laughs> they, they have it all down to a pack so it's like you gotta be up at five this is where you have a chance to sh- shower and shave uh, well, obviously we don't shave because we have both our beards. <laughs> but uh, you get it out there for for chow, and they've been doing all that stuff settling. You and everybody takes their turns using the use the bathroom. So we essentially bought stock and potpourri, a potpourri I should say. <laughs> and uh, then we get out. Then we get out there. We fish from eight until four because it's like they've learned this. They fish until dark. Well, they're not done flaying fish until midnight, one <laughs> o'clock in the morning. On top of it. Uh, drinking and and flying fish so that so it's <laughs> they they kind of got everything down hashed out so so it all depends on what the weather is going to come like because like you're always constantly watching because that wind roll picks up on Okaboji. I mean you you're aware of it out there because like you get on Lake Madison or even those plains that wind picks up fast. There's there's very few days that are not windy in South Dakota and that is the one flaw I tell everybody if there was no wind South Dakota would be the perfect place to be but mm-hmm. without the wind then you get eaten alive by bugs so then you're pissed off about that so. Is is your evil? Whatever your evil is, bugs or wind, and yeah. I'd go with wind. But oh boy, yeah, hands down. But I'll go with wind all day long, man. It's like living because <laughs> I'm only I'm only like a few hundred yards away from Mississippi. So when the mayflies hatch, man, they're all over the place. They're just absolutely horrible. But the only downside is that it, it monkeys with the fishing for about four or five days because all the fish are falling back from all the all the mayflies hatching. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. So it's it's it's. It's give or take. It, it, mm-hmm. It's whatever you want to deal with. Like I said, I'm I'm lucky enough to have a range in my backyard that I can practice out to 100 yards in the wind. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. So the wind doesn't affect me much, but uh, the, the insects definitely do. And that's a, a remedy I'm still working on. So <laughs> Hermacella has been a godsend. I got uh, my, my wife's favorite Valentine's gift. I gave it to her in 2017 was a 200 count, nine millimeter FMJs, a thermal cell, a little belt, uh, belt uh, device, and then a whole bunch of different things. And that's been her favorite. And I also got her some Teenage Mutant Turtle stuff. Too. That's one of her favorite things from growing <laughs> up in the 90s. So it was it was just one of those things. It's like, I swear upon it, man. Cause like, you're setting it in uh, where you got standing water, you got mosquitoes, and it's like, you're just chilling. Because like I listen to um, the Gritty Bowmans, but when those guys go up north into Canada, they're doing a spring bear hunt or they're doing a fall bear hunt or whatever what they plan on doing, where it's thick, just nothing but mosquitoes, and it's like, it's the only way to survive up there. It's it's the worst, and it, I uh, I don't even want to think about it. I'm so I love I love the winter. I love the fall. The summer is a gateway season. That's all mm-hmm. summer is. It's yes. time for me to prepare for the fall, and then fall is heaven, and the winter is heaven. I would take negative. We I think our load this year was negative thirty one with windshield. I would mm-hmm. take that hands down over. 105 degrees with 90% humidity because that seems to be all you get in South Dakota. Yes, yes, exactly. At least you get the wind there. It's like I live in a bowl here in La Crosse, and so it gets it can become stagnant, or we'll get a nice wind coming through the, the river valley. But the nice thing is though, is like where I live at though, we have no drifting snow. When the when, when there's when we say we're gonna get eight to twelve inches, it's more like four to six because it's like it just the way the wind just separates everything out. Like there's a like we have McGregor, Iowa, and we have Trumpelo. These are the two bigger Two bigger cities just north and south of us. These places get hit with heavy range, heavy amounts of snow, and we just we, we just love it life. It's just it's really nice. When it does get cold in here, it, it gets chilly. Because I mean, we've been enjoying this heat wave here. It's like we're looking at this week at all all above fifty. That's for us too. I got I got tomorrow and Wednesday off, and both those days are supposed to be fifty or fifty five. And I'm like, ha, perfect. I'm gonna throw the bow out. I'm gonna go sit outside for a couple hours. Get a couple mm-hmm. things done around the lawn that I need to get done, and I'm not even gonna break a sweat because I'm gonna be wearing a sweater because it's only 50 degrees. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially like we're moving right now, so it's been it's been a, a good fit for us. So it's like yeah, you, you finally you get your body temperature up because you're always constantly moving, and you just start shedding layers, and that's why you're just constantly moving back and forth. And we got a lot of stuff accomplished this weekend. We'll be in a I'm fairly confident this house will be empty. The only downside is we're just we're having difficulties with USPS because the our new location is so new that Google Maps hasn't even taken a picture of it yet. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, we're we'll just have to be careful with everything. So, but it's, it's, it, I'm looking forward to the summertime because it's like, um, we, I do a lot of stuff with HHA USA. So I'm looking forward to doing a traveling around with uh, Chris Ham and those guys and going to the events. And it should be, it should be pretty epic. And his goal is to, is to hit like nine, uh, uh, archery events and the, what they do is they every event she has that they do what they do a silent auction through saturday and sunday and then sunday is when you can get your you get the prizes here when the auction ends and the, on average they bring in between eight to twelve thousand per event and all that money stays in the local chapter for the honor flights heck yes that's awesome so what what kind of archery events are you guys talking about because i'm actually i've been talking with a couple uh coloradoians about mm-hmm. uh, mountain archery fest so this year actually i got invited down to mountain archery fest with state wraps if you don't follow along you should um state wraps mm-hmm. is a great company it's a small town company out of colorado and uh it's brian's a fantastic guy he is doing custom wraps and uh, a, a bunch of cool stuff that you don't think about when you think of wraps and so mm-hmm. me and him have been working together for probably three or four months and mm-hmm. uh 
he's a great guy, great company. And he invited me down. Um, I just got to get there. He, he told me that his company would cover the mountain archery fest season, everything. All I got to do is get there. And he wants me to come and shoot mountain archery fest with him. So I am stoked to go down and shoot with state reps. Brian is, if you don't follow him, go check him out on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Check his website out. I just saw your new wraps that you just released with the hologram, the not hologram, but the reflective ones. Like that's yes. pretty smart. That's actually pretty intelligent right there, especially when you're at night and you're using your red light or a clear beam. It's like, oh, there it is. I've, I've learned my lesson just every year. I always buy new Luminox. So that's why I have a set that I, I play with the or target practice with the previous year's set. So this way then I'm, I'm a guy. So I'm able to have that eye track and going down, going down the range, but then I buy a new set because man, it's like, I don't want to lose an arrows. It's like I use, I uh, shoot uh, maximum reds from Easton. Those things are expensive. So <laughs> it's like, I lost one at one of the archery shoots. Now the HH archery shoots, they're just very leisure. I mean, you can, okay. you can, you can take it seriously. You can, you can fill all the points, but the points don't matter because it's, it's all about the veterans. And so they'll have anywhere between, oh, 50 to hundred items out there. Usually there's always a bow on there for a raffle plus releases, bow, um, boots, shoes, gloves, bunch of fun stuff. Um, arrows such quivers like it's it's a lot of cool stuff and uh the shoots are it'll take about anywhere to an hour to an hour and a half so basically doing a nine rounds of golf uh, but yeah. just you can shoot your bow well and that's, that's way better than golf anyway so <laughs> yeah, oh yeah way better than golf you know it's like uh-huh. you, just, you just just the, all i consider golf courses are is just overpriced uh um food plots <laughs> I, I, I mean that green of grass that's where all your deer are in uh, you know mid-july so <laughs> oh yes eating that eating all those greens up man but uh-huh. uh there's nobody nobody allows not very many not very many golf courses will allow public uh, hunters to go on there you have to pretty much be a friend of a friend but insurance gets to be too much of an issue uh when i was uh-huh. talking to um uh, brett smith he shot the the not the, the typical 194 in minnesota and uh-huh. and he was talking he's an insurance agency and he was talking about like like why leasing is becoming more of a standard these days is because you may get permission from the hunter from the, the landowner to go hunt. Now you yourself personally, you're not going to sue them because you got land, you got private land to cultivate and develop your own. But it's like if you get hurt, it's not like you're going to sue them. It's going to be the insurance company that may sue them. Oh. That's something that's like that's actually quite. I mean, I get that point, and so that is something that. Is uh, is de- detrimental. So it's like one of those things. Like if you hurt yourself, just don't tell the just don't tell the insurance company how you did it or how yeah. you're going to do it. So this way, you're they don't they don't get the, um, a backlash on it because all you're going to do is put put the sore mouth for uh, put a sore a, a sour taste in them from your experience. Then it's going to stop anybody else from coming out there hunting on the land too. And with with uh, big tech companies buying up hundreds of thousands of acres of land, that land is becoming very very it's going to be very scarce. Yes. And that's why it's a bad idea for the federal government to sell that land back to the states because as soon as you have a low year, that's the first thing they're going to go is they're going to sell them public lands to big tech and they're going to shut them down and you're not going to have access anymore. Which reminds me because, uh, Ben, I uh, uh, I follow up Keep It Public on Instagram and stuff like that. I made a couple of posts regarding several different laws that are passing because you got Wyoming HB 141, you have Idaho HCR 008, and then you have Montana HB 320, and these are all sponsored regarding uh, public lands, and and they're all pretty much all uh, trying to buy that land back and try to sell it back to the state. So it's 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 another issue that we had with uh, HR 640 and 642, I believe, when uh, Cam Haynes and those guys were got on that, on that campaign to stop it from happening. So it's like it's a constant struggle with it. 
Well, and that's the problem when you get certain parties that are in control. It's just mm-hmm. the issue that you're going to have because that's how it is. Now, yes. surprisingly, it hasn't been more of an issue yet. So I'm kind of interested to see where it goes from here. But um, I just it, it's a horrible mistake to make. The states should never have that much land at their disposal because the first thing they're going to do when they need money is sell the sell land. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that they just that cannot be sold off because that's it's technically it's not theirs. You know, it's, that's mm-hmm. my land. That's mm-hmm. your land. So why? What gives you the right to sell it, and, and at least not give me a cut of it? You're going to sell it. This is my land. So that, that that's was just where I look at it. He, exactly, and, and with the Pittman Robinson yeah. Act, I mean, you came people trying to get into that pot right there, but that money has helped pay for uh, park or, uh, parks, soccer fields, new equipment, especially one when, when we when, like these last uh, last twenty four months. I almost say is like the gun sales have gone up. We would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. And ammo sales have gone up. It's like all I'm thinking is like, man... The parks and the docks and everything is just going to be top notch. The stuff has gun ranges. Oh yeah, it's it's all going to be cleaned up and it's all really really nice, which is which is pretty awesome effect to have that uh, as a side effect of that whole aspect. Uh huh. And that's that's the fun thing. That's the thing that I just don't understand about people that are anti hunting is hunters are the only people that get ridiculed as much as they do that do everything. I mean, our tag sales pay for the the management of all mm-hmm. the animals. Our fishing licenses pay for the dock fees. Our ammo, our arrows, everything that we buy has a tax on it that goes into the sport that we love. And mm-hmm. we all recognize that and we go, absolutely, why don't you charge more? Because mm-hmm. that's important to us. Yes. And these anti-hunters, they don't support anything, but they think that we shouldn't have access to any of the stuff that we're paying for out of our pockets. And it just drives me nuts. I agree with you, man. And it's like uh, when I sat down with Nathan France, one of the biggest things that he wanted to send home to that, during that podcast with RPG, Real People Giving, is that he wanted to let people, like, people just don't know what they don't know. And it's like I've, I've had conversations on Bucks of America podcast uh, through, through Instant Messenger talking about people like, I don't get why we bear hunt, why we coyote hunt. So, like, and it's like, and I didn't yell at them or belittle them. I just grabbed really credible articles from Steve Rinella, uh Randy Newberg and Patrick Dirk, uh, Durkin and like let, let them read it for themselves because like, I can tell you to the blue and speed, but you got to read it and so this way you can download that information. And then 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 they like they they more appreciative because they didn't all of a sudden get this this uh, backhand or this this uh, this attack or this fight because like all our goal is is just to educate them because like that education is 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 too politically gen- uh, motivated right now in in our public schools and it's like. When you have a class of 25 to 30 kids, 50% of the time is absolute garbage because that teacher has to manage everybody else because you may have five students that are getting everything, but you have 20 students that are not getting it or they're, they're uh-huh. slowly grasping it. And it's something that is just a uh, something that needs to change. You know, it's like the, but the nice thing is with, with more and more people, parents start to work from home and homeschooling is becoming more and more options. And there's also different uh, options for students to go through because once a student becomes motivated, they're going to go through high school real quick. Because like I, uh, my wife's uncle's stepdaughter, you want to call it, and she's about ready to graduate. He's like, she's ready. To, I think she's going to either graduate in April or March or April, and, she's, and she graduated early, like a whole almost like eight months ahead of her class. And it's like when you put that put that power in their hands, 
they're going to run with it. The biggest thing is, is teaching financial education. That is the biggest thing that we need to teach people. And it's like, since with the, the new fourth industrial revolution is coming out, we're going to have a whole new banking system in a matter of months, because this is part of agenda 2030 to bring it in. But we'll do the pandemic. They were able to expedite everything by five years. Uh huh. And that's the problem that people don't seem to get is there's a lot of stuff that you just don't learn in school that if you don't have parents that are invested in you, like I was fortunate, my, my parents were very invested in me. So they took me through, you know, taxes. They took me through how to balance a checkbook. They took me through the importance of budgets. They took me through, you know, all these important things. You don't change the oil on your car every 3,000 miles. I just ran into uh, one of my wife's cousins, just like, yeah, I even changed my oil. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, when's, when's the last time you changed your oil? Yeah, I, I never changed my oil. Like you've had that car for two years and you never changed the oil. Like, oh man. Luckily her, 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 my wife's stepdad has taken an interest and he's kind of been keeping up with the car, but I'm like, yes. there's just things that if your parents aren't invested in you, then mm -hmm. you just won't know. Schools can't teach you everything that you need to learn. And yeah. unless, I mean, there's two things that make you really lucky. One, you learn everything the hard way or two, you have parents that'll teach you the easy way. And then you mm -hmm. can figure it out the hard way when you don't listen to them. So <laughs> yeah, my, my, my dad's a great example of that. I mean, he taught, he, he taught himself to become a decent mechanic, even though he worked at a rock quarry and ran heavy equipment, but he self-taught himself that. And so then that, that kind of brought that thing that, uh, not necessarily chipped my shoulder, but that eager to look, eagerness to learn everything and to learn how to do it. So this way that I'm saving money in the long run, like changing my tires, changing my oil, uh, changing my brake pads, and the nice the, the the joys of YouTube too. There's a lot of cool. There's like there's a there's a DIY dad or something like that, and he does like two to five minute videos on how to do simple stuff because his everything. daughter or something like that was asking him to do a bunch of someone like, how to do this, how to do that, how to. And it just worked out. So like, I'll just start doing it. And his channel blew up because it was uh -huh. very well thought out information. It's like that. The one thing I did not get a grasp, a solid grasp on was my finances. But then again, I met a really good friend of mine back in 2010 that boosted my credit score to over 700. Uh, and then it's like, how we made it like real organized my credit, my, my debts and now me figure out how to pay off my student loans faster. So I'm, I'm currently student debt free, which is nice. And then uh, and my wife works for a bank. And so it's like with her education, like she's like showed me how to, how would a uh, maximize leverage our credit. And then also learning about life insurance and how to maximize that. And then also learning the, um, uh, the universal index fund, which is like, which banks use to create compound interest. So this way it's like, if you're, if you're, you're more conservative and you don't, you don't want to put money in stocks or cryptocurrency, like it's something that you can learn how to do it where it's like, like right now, if we, if we continue our $200 a month, like, we can hit. We can. We, we can retire at two hundred fifty or at um, at fifty nine years of age and roughly at one hundred fifty eight thousand a year. Uh huh. Because well, it's like thing. yeah, it's just it's just all about. It's not what you know. It's who you know to help benefit it. Because it's like it's like you want to offer this education. So it's like I've been telling everybody. It's like, Follow this guy on TikTok. Follow this guy on YouTube. It's like and it's like just you don't even have to necessarily believe what he's selling, but at least do your research about it. Because then like nice thing is he he has proof in the pudding and gone through the compliances and stuff like that. So. And that's, I was fortunate there too, because I actually just didn't have any credit. I was a cash guy. If mm -hmm. I didn't have cash for it, I didn't get it. And that's just how I was. Yeah. And then I met same, my way, wife, same here. And, and she was kind of the same way. She worked at a bank. So she kind of had these little ins and outs and, and, and I couldn't even apply for a credit card. I could not get approved for a credit card. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do all these other things, take loans out for small things and boost my credit so I could get a credit card, which mm -hmm. then helped boost my credit. And I just had to go back and forth and back and forth. And now I think I'm the same way. I think I'm close to 750. I mean, my credit score is amazing. 
and fantastic. it was hundred percent just thanks to her. So <laughs> it, it's, it's it's very much the same thing. If I if I I think about this very often, and I'm so happy and thankful that it didn't happen. But if I would have never met my wife, I would be a whole bunch in a different boat and probably a lot deeper water. <laughs> that, that's a valid point. And then also learning about like putting bringing our kids an authorized user. You have to give them a credit card, but you just give them the authorized right. user, and that starts their credit history at an early age. Like my brother has, uh, my youngest brother has a really good credit score, so he was able to get a, a reasonable rate on buying a new car because he went two years back to back having two total off cars and access that he didn't cost. So it's like, so it's like, so he kept the, he had to get newer, newer, nicer vehicles. Like this most recent accident, he was driving the back roads in uh, Southern Minnesota. And this gal decides to pull U-turn on oncoming traffic on a curve and just crap smacks right into his, and it's like, well, there goes that car. Uh, yeah. So it's like, man, it's like, why didn't you, there's like, there's so many different field drives that you can just be patient and turn around. But you know, it's like, that's the biggest thing about it. Then just yesterday, my best, uh, my good friend's uh, girl he's seeing got rear-ended. Yeah, this is down in Florida. So it's like, it's like the the, the, the distracted driving is all like that. So now it's like, now we not only teach our kids about to do all this stuff, but it's like, we got to teach some responsibilities on the internet because nothing ever leaves, nothing ever disappoints, but also having cameras on your on, on your car so this way you catch what's in front of you what's behind you and having audio so this way then you when you go to the judge like or going to talk to the cops this is what it is uh-huh. that's why like when we go hunting and stuff like we have these cameras there it's like what was that what was naturally being on camera uh-huh exactly but i think i think gary b is probably one of the best people that i've ever seen that he's his life is like almost always documented but he keeps his kids his wife and everybody that that personal side of them off the off limits which is like that's something that uh I've learned to develop myself. I don't post pictures of my kids on, on there because you never know what who at Sitco is going to be watching. Exactly. And that's the same thing that I've tried to do too. And, and I've kind of explained that to my wife is I will not post anything involving my children or her without mm-hmm. her consent and yes. before we've talked about it. Because mm-hmm. like you said, there's just so many people out there that would use a very innocent picture in a very corrupt way. And I'm yes. not willing to do that to my children any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So, they, they don't get any time on YouTube. They don't, I very rarely post them on any social media and uh, yeah. it, it's generally nothing with just them. I'm generally there blocking most of them and it's just uh, Hey, here's me and my boy or whatever. So it's, it's very, it, it's troubling that you, that's stuff you have to worry about as a dad and as a mm-hmm. father, but it's, it's a very real thing that you should be if you're not. At least you only have boys like me being a, a father of a daughter. So some of the looks I get, I'm just lucky my daughter looks just like me. If she didn't, would, it's like it's 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 a far darker uh, line to tread because they don't know if you're her father or if you're some creepy dude. Yep, it's it's very and that's that works both ways because now you can't just take anything at face value anymore. No. So you see some guy walking with a little girl and you don't know if that's father daughter or grandpa da- uh, granddaughter or some completely different something mm-hmm. way worse that you don't even want to think about. And it's just, it's always one of the things you just want to have your head on a swivel. That's what I always tell my wife is you do not go anywhere by yourself with the kids without letting somebody know where you're going, because yes. then at least we have a point of reference if something mm-hmm. would happen. And yes. that's the, that's just the thing that it, it sucks that we have to live that way. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now, we have a constitutional carry in our state. Yes. I carry everywhere do. I go. Mm-hmm. I never, I never not have a gun on me ever. Mm-hmm. Except for when I am punched in at my job. That is the yes. only time I do not have a gun on me because it is a felony to do that. So yeah, I work from home, so I get to have so like we have firearms and all of our, our all of our things. So my wife and I actually put some thought into like where we're going to put stuff, and we're we're actually bought some hidey holes or hidey books. So this way we can put them in random places. So this way, if 
the uh, summit kicks off, it's like we'll be able to do it. Now the next thing is we're we'll, are, we're currently we're we have the high ground. Well, now the next place we're moving to it's a two, it's two levels. So the downstairs and we have the upstairs. And so my my buddy is moving in with us. He he's already we're once he gets everything settled down for himself and start getting all of his IDs and something rolled over. That's because we're just going to roll 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 in the gun, just do the concealed carry and stuff like that while while we still have, it, and then get the Minnesota uh, license. But here in Wisconsin, we have stand your own ground laws with castle doctrine. So the nice thing is too is like that that castle doctrine extends also into your into your your home, your car, and your place of business. So that's why there's like if I come in, I was telling I was talking to my chiropractor. And I told her something bad happened to her, and it's like, and something was going on. I have my firearm. I could actually jump in and and work with you, and I'll protect you and your and your coworkers here. And it's something that's like you need to be thinking about it because it's like because this was all during with the Kenosha riots and stuff like that. And so we we didn't wasn't quite sure how that's going to impact us because we're in a blue state. So it's like and, and and but we also have those really nice laws. So they have those things where we're Minnesota. It's like they they did fifty five million dollars worth of damage. If a bunch of cops ret- uh, quit and retired, so they now they have to spend like seven million dollars to bring a whole bunch of them back on board, and so they're pulling cops from all over the place. So you know that the whole defund the police was not the smartest idea. No, no, it was not the smartest idea at all. Um, I hate to cut this short, but my wife just texted me, and I got a tantrum going on right now with a two-year-old. Um. <laughs> no, that's quite all right, man. I'm having a lot of fun, so it's like we're going to definitely be doing this again. So before you before you run off, why don't you give the audience a, a few ways to find you uh, on the interwebs? <clears throat> all right, so I have Facebook on at Sodak Horizon. Um, I have YouTube at Sodak Horizon, and I have Instagram at Sodak Horizon. Um, those are my three main profiles that I'm going after right now. I haven't dove into TikTok yet. I doubt I will. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, those are those are kind of the main platforms. I have uh, DMs open to anybody. You can message me anything you need. Uh, I got emails posted out there. Uh, but like I said, it's really for me. It's just about sharing the love that I have for my state of South Dakota and the outdoors on my profiles and on my on my platforms. And so that's that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, I'm loving it so far. It's a blast. I, I get to do a lot of fun stuff. I've met a lot of really cool people, and uh, I get to tell my story and, and other people's stories the, the way that I want to. So. Awesome. Thank you, Ben, for being on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure. I'll let you go so you can take care of your husbandly duties. <laughs> I apologize for cutting it short. Like I said, this was a blast. We'll definitely have to block out a different time or a time after bedtime that we can be <laughs> on here for a couple hours and, and hang right? things out because this was a blast. Ben, thank you. I appreciate your kind words. All right. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America podcast. Go rate me in, on uh, iTunes and all the different things. If you love it, you hate it. Do whatever you want, but at least please provide me some good criticism. So thank you all for tuning in.